there any way to protect ourselves against the effects of so much bad information and so much of it that's inaccurate, misleading, and downright false? Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. One of the things, Cindy, that I hate so much about the past six years are the so-called alternative facts that have infiltrated our news, our schools, our conversations, and have affected a lot of important issues. It's true, Julie. Misinformation has even caused violence, like when that conspiracy theorist fired a gun into a Washington, D.C. pizzeria in 2016, or when the Capitol was attacked in 2021 because people believed the election was fraudulent. Right? Misinformation is false or inaccurate information, basically getting the facts wrong. Disinformation is also false information, but it's deliberately intended to mislead intentionally misstating facts, basically lying. That's what we're talking about here. Yes. With the growth of social media from the early 2000s, there's been faster and more efficient dissemination of all kinds of information. Fake news on social media reached a crescendo surrounding the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Facebook testified that it had up to 60 million bots spreading misinformation during that time. A study found a quarter of tweets that linked to news articles right before that election also shared false or extremely biased information. You know, that's a lot of bots and so much false information. Social media platforms have made some efforts to fight misinformation, but the problem has grown faster than any solutions we found. Right. I mean, social media is the perfect Petri dish for spreading the virus of fake news. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> In addition to how fast news travels on social media sites, posted misinformation can be especially persuasive because so much is shared by friends and family who most of us assume aren't purposely promoting unvetted claims, and they're probably not doing it on purpose. Right. Research shows that misinformation sticks more if it's frequently liked, commented on, or shared. Having a large number of people in your social network or people you like and respect, liking or commenting on something can make it seem all the more believable. And repeated exposure to the same information also makes it more likely to believe it. It's like if you hear it enough times, you feel like, well, it must be real. And personal bias plays a role. We're less likely to doubt or even check to verify information if it aligns with our personal worldview, or again, if someone we trust somehow promotes it. People are less critical of ideas that match with what we already believe, so we're less likely to reflect carefully on information that confirms that. Or after confirming the already familiar information, the new information takes it a few notches crazier. There are lots of ways to manipulate people. 
Creating fear is another known way to make a story stick. A false news story may also quote a fake expert, use language that pulls at our emotions or proposes a conspiracy theory that manipulates readers. A trusted source might purposely mislead people. Or one thing that frequently happens is that people see the headline of an article. They make assumptions based on the headline, which might just be to grab your attention. And then they spread misinformation based on that. So a misleading headline can travel far and wide. We've seen that happen a lot. A lot of people end up spreading false information without realizing it. People aren't always trying to be malicious in spreading the misinformation. Sometimes it's people who just read news headlines, listen to a trusted source, and go from there. It ties in with the typical criteria that people use to decide whether information is true. If it tracks with what they already know, if it comes to them from what they think is a credible source, and if people they know or trust believe it. Some psychological studies show that a major problem with misinformation is that once people have heard it, they tend to believe and act on it even after it's been corrected. Yeah, it's like the correction doesn't stick. It's like when you hear that someone's been accused of a crime, even when they're cleared and proven innocent, people still kind of connect them with the crime. It's just how our minds work. There's often a lot of uncertainty in crisis situations. So people start sharing information to try to make sense of what's going on. And you see this a lot on those neighborhood apps where someone gets on and ask the neighbors about the loud sound they heard at 2 a.m. and people start weighing in on what that was or might have been. Oh yeah, I'm on one of those sites. It's so yeah. annoying. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people working together sometimes do end up sharing the correct information or they can sort it out much of the time, but other times they just kind of help create and spread false rumors. True. Misinformation about COVID-19 is a major recent example of the danger of the spread. In fact, that has been a major threat to public health. False information about the coronavirus seriously influenced attitudes and behaviors around necessary protective measures like mask wearing and vaccinations. People who were more susceptible to misinformation were less likely to follow public health recommendations and less likely to get vaccinated. The misinformation kicked up their fears and suspicions, which they might have already had, it made it worse. The misinformation surrounding COVID has been so rampant that the World Health Organization declared an infodemic. Even as some patients were dying from it, they still insisted COVID was a hoax. Misinformation has caused a major decline in our trust in mainstream media and therefore in so much of what we think about the world right now. And I think that's part of the reason for the misinformation. The people who spread it on purpose are trying to make it impossible for us to trust anything we see or read. Total manipulation. And all of this leaves us with a burning question. Is there any way to protect ourselves against the effects of so much bad information and so much of it that's inaccurate, misleading, and downright false? And even sometimes really dangerous. I think that's an excellent question, Cindy. The ultimate goal of combating misinformation is in dealing with the underlying processes, and we are psychologists, that lead people to accept fake news. Things like we just talked about. Yes, and so far, 
A key strategy for fighting against the negative effects of misinformation includes a very interesting idea called pre-bunking the material. You've heard of debunking myths or other kinds of false information, which means once information is spread, it needs to be debunked. Though this is really difficult because, like we said, people often believe the information they hear first, whether it's right or wrong. So now we're learning that to be more effective against misinformation, we need to try to pre-bunk the misinformation. In other words, inoculate people before they're exposed to false information instead of debunking it after the fact. This is supposed to be much more effective. You just have to anticipate what the fake news is going to be so you can pre-bunk it. So what we're trying to do here is rather than simply correcting facts, it's important to discredit the motives underlying a piece of information. To pre-bunk the information, you basically have to warn your audience about the type of misinformation they might hear and then explain why a source might lie or be misinformed about it before they get the misinformation. You can see that this is kind of challenging, although it's a really good idea. Well, you're, you're trying to prepare them to hear two different, let's say, sides in air quotes with two different sets of facts in air quotes and to help them hold on to the facts that are actually true and real. The fake news, therefore, doesn't stand alone, ready to just be swallowed whole. Yeah, it sort of works like a vaccine. We expose people to a small dose of misinformation and explain to them how they might be misled by it. If they encounter that misinformation later, it seems like it doesn't stick in the same way. I like that vaccine idea. Suggesting that people check their source of information also helps to get them not to just read a headline and spread it around. They should doubt the veracity of basically everything and check on their facts before repeating it. Some researchers are coming up with ways to help educate people to be more resilient against misinformation, which seems super important. One way is the use of games, like one called Bad News, that simulates a social media feed. And the purpose of the game is to teach people to distinguish between real and fake news headlines. That sounds kind of fun. I would play that. I thought so too. Tests of the game on over a million people show that playing it helps players' ability to identify misinformation, which is really great. But the effect, unfortunately, declines after a couple of months. So, you know, they just have to keep playing. It's also hard to tell whether these efforts would be effective outside of the game or whatever context they're taught. People knowing how to fact check doesn't mean they'll do it all the time or do it when it really matters. Yeah. Disinformation, it's it can be subtle and it can also be very harmful and exploitative. In recent years, there have been unbelievable efforts to use our core beliefs and our desire for justice to enrage us and lead us to faulty reasoning. That's why fighting against all of this fake news, misinformation, disinformation out there will ultimately take a huge cooperative effort by all of us. Also, along with researchers, experts, journalists, social media platforms, and anyone who has influence in spreading information. Right. We need to continue researching this craziness and continue developing resources for educating people to help them to think critically about what they hear or read, to reflect on it, to verify information, and to seek out and discern 
good, accurate sources that they can rely on. These skills are always important under all circumstances, but especially now. In the meantime, make sure any information you choose to share or repeat, as we do, is true and accurate. And if we all do our part on this, that would be a great start. Yes, it would. Thanks for joining us. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.